This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you for the first episode. I was going to say, because I know you hate it. For the first episode of season nine. I did, well, it's not that I hate it. It just, I don't know. It's I think I'm skin. over it. Yeah, I think I'm just over it, maybe. Like, it just, at this point, it seems like, okay, yeah, everybody says it and does it. Maybe, maybe it just needs to go on a little bit longer until it becomes a tradition that I can look forward to instead of, Oh my God, this again. (laughs) I, (laughs) uh, my name is Dan Ellis. I'm joined via remote connection by, uh, one awesome co-host this evening, Mr. Ryan Duffy. Yep. The most awesomest, uh, Mr. Taylor grin is traveling to points unannounced to you, dear listener, as of yet, uh, while, Things are taken care of and stuff is done. And maybe one day you'll know where he is. Maybe we'll just keep it a secret forever. And you will never know. We can just keep hinting at it and play a game. Where's Taylor? Where (laughs) in the world is Taylor Grin? (laughs) He's moving up and down through a series of tubes. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, He's roaming around. Um, <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was terrible. Um, yeah. so there's been stuff going on, but before we, uh, there's not stuff fuckery abounds, mm-hmm. uh, in the news this week. And I'm sure everybody's going to be talking about the same thing, but that's fine because different people make different specific little points and offer tender nuances to some of the topics or, or more broad topic at hand. And, I think it would be good for us to to talk about some of our thoughts around it and some of the information, uh, historically speaking, surrounding the topic that we'll be talking about tonight. For those of you who who have not yet guessed what it would be, of course, it's abortion. Yeah, Elon Musk bought Twitter, and it's a fucking disgrace. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. That's the hottest news item these days. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be we'll be talking about abortion a lot tonight. So if you are over it, if you're done, if you're tired, if you just need a break from it, whatever, you can listen to the opening part and just know that we'll be updating you on what's going on with us. And then after that, after the first break, we'll be talking about abortion like through the rest of the show. So if you're here for it, we're glad to have you. Welcome. Uh, if you're I mean, not, if then you- that's fine. If you stick around, you might get some ammo to talk to your more conservative friends. Some pushies, backsies. Yeah. 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 With some, with some good information. So today is Wednesday, May 4th. I don't know if I announced that. I'm. You did. You said May the 4th be with you. Okay. And this is episode 377. Did I do that part? Um, my memory is lacking, but (laughs) we've got it now. 
<laughs> oh, that's right. Last time we recorded, it was 420. And so <laughs> we've just lost our minds now. Um, <laughs> see, kids, even even if you talk about the marijuanas, even if you talk about injecting the marijuanas, that will happen to you. Yeah, you turn into an egg on a fucking frying pan. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so being that it is May 4th and it should be with everybody. This is also the first episode of season nine. We completed nine. season eight last time we recorded. I was hoping to have those last two episodes out earlier than I did, but I still am just way too busy with work. But I have part of the reason I have been entirely way too busy this week so far uh, is that I've been... <sighs> Aside from carrying out my regular duties of the jobs of like three or four different people, I'm also training somebody to take over some of those duties, which in and of itself is a separate job. <laughs> Just, you know, taking the time to train somebody for half of the day, of course, takes away all of that time that I would be doing other things. So it just kind of heaps more stuff onto my plate until I get this person trained well enough that she can act autonomously and uh, do things by herself, uh, but she doesn't know how to do them yet. So somebody's got to show her and that somebody's me and I'm glad she seems great. She seems, uh, very capable. Like she's picking it up. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, capable, experienced. Uh, so I am very much looking forward to turning over a bunch of stuff to her and she's looking forward to, to taking it all on. So that is also double good. Nice. And then that should free up a little bit of time for me. Like, I think this pay period, it will be uh, 40, like 45 hours overtime, this pay period, just, and I don't get paid for all of that. So <laughs> that's, um, that's the extra bit that is super exciting and fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love that bit. Uh, but what, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's just the way the federal government sets it up. You can't make more money than someone else. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Stupid. <laughs> it doesn't matter if, you know, you're, you're breaking your back to keep things running. You just need to do it. And yeah. I think in the future, like once, once we get things settled out, uh, I will just not work any more time than the time that they'll actually pay me for. And if that's a problem for somebody, then I can go somewhere else <laughs> because I'm getting really fucking tired of doing it. I'm just tired all the time. I'm crabby all the time because I'm working so much. I am not getting stuff done around the house or other social issues and stuff that I want to work on more, uh, be more involved yeah. with because I'm just so busy at work. And I've kind of, I've kind of been doing it with the notion that if I can just put in this work now, get through all of this, get somebody trained and up and running and we can get a, you know, square a bunch of these other tasks away, take some off of my plate. I can start learning and growing and doing other things at work that I want to do. And then that will free up some time and provide me the space and income to not only work on things physically, but be able to donate to other things. Like I have to have yeah. a decent paying job in order to maintain some of the philanthropic uh, pursuits I have undertaken in the last few years of I donate a fair amount of money to a bunch of different stuff. So I need to have a job in order to do that. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, but what is what is new with you, Mr. Duffy? What's happening? Well, uh, last week was kind of boring because Sarah had her had her tonsils taken out. Uh huh. Is she still whispering or can she talk? She can talk now. Which uh, honestly, that was the shittiest part of the whole thing. The fact that the fact that she can talk again. No, that no one would laugh at my jokes in the house for like a week. Oh, oh. and I had I had some good singers going. Uh huh. And just no commentary about it. Did, would she like? Well, at least roll her eyes or slap a knee or something. Usually, when I would make a comment that she didn't make a comment to my comment, mm-hmm. then she would roll her eyes at me. <laughs> or uh-huh. I put something on TV and be like, "Well, you can't say no." <laughs> I guess this is what we're watching now. <laughs> but uh she's doing good. She's uh like getting her voice back. She was actually able to talk a lot more today than she has recently. Well, that's good. So and has there a Oh go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say a to- a tonsillectomy. Uh the older you get, the worse it is on you, apparently. Mm-hmm. So she had she had some rough days in there where especially waking up in the morning, it was like you don't look like you're having fun. Oh, I'll bet. Like yeah, fall asleep. Just and, dry. Yeah. Yeah. Probably and, you know, your mouth falls open and you just start sucking and, in air and it gets really dry and ouchy and yeah. Yeah. But wow. she seems like she's over the worst of it and it's all getting better now. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. It's been so, a week now, right? Yeah. Since, it was oh, so just okay. over a week. It was Monday was one week. Oh, okay. So... Also, due to our subject tonight, I'm, you know, I, I was on the, the online looking. I'm like, where do I go get my shit snipped? <laughs> where do you go get your boys wrestled, wrangled? Yeah. Because uh, who knows? Uh, IUDs might become illegal. Yeah. Well, and, and I wonder, I mean, eventually they may decide to outlaw vasectomies as well. I doubt they would do that because that's a man's bits. <laughs> True. I'm just, I'm just thinking down the road as, as like, as far as the contraceptive eye can see, you know, anything that may stop Alter or decrease the ability to conceive. Yeah. Yeah. Would be, would be outlawed because we're all under his eye. Because contraceptives were pretty like, not illegal, but very hard to get at one point in history. And, yeah, mm-hmm. that could come back again. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that Sarah's feeling better and uh, that you're you've been having some fun with your new laser. For oh yeah, your, for your woodsies. Built a whole brand new laser box enclosure and everything. That's awesome. I even 3D printed my own fan or fan parts. <laughs> your own fan parts? Like what parts for the fan did so, you? 3D I 3D printed a housing that will actually attach to the box. Uh-huh. And in the housing, I have a 120 millimeter cooling fan uh-huh. for a computer on the inside of it that helps draw more air out or smoke out of the box. Uh-huh. And I've done tests on different things. I'm like, I don't smell it in here at all anymore. Oh, cool. So when, especially when doing like the spray paint stuff where it would kind of be like, uh, I don't want to be in the room when it's doing that. Now I don't even stuff. smell so like I, I uh, put multiple layers of spray paint onto a canvas and I'll have it burn through the layers of spray paint to reveal the other layers of spray paint, the other colors. Oh, I didn't, image. I hadn't seen any of that. I think. 
Oh yeah, I'll I'll show you some pictures. They're pretty. They're pretty cool. Okay, that sounds fancy. But it uh, doesn't smell good. Oh, I would imagine. Well, I like the smell of like fresh paint. That doesn't bother me. That that kind of no. This is burning spray paint. Yeah, I don't know if yes. I've smelled that before. So it's probably why it's I, I don't have a frame of reference for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not healthy either. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's 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 another uh concern or consideration i hadn't i hadn't thought about it's a consideration yeah. i hadn't considered how's that um yeah it's not good so i i let everybody know recently uh, i still haven't posted anything about it online and i should uh that i have been having some uh issues some cardio cardiac issues some potential problemas and I was cleared by my doctor after the EKG that I went in and the stress test and all of that. You know, there were, there were a few different things, but nothing my doctor said that was too concerning or whatever. And so I thought, sweet. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm in the clear. Everything's fine. And then I was also wearing that monitor that was attached to my chest for an entire month. And I got word back from the doctor on that. And, uh, I believe her quote, well, I can, I can actually just tell you yeah. what the quote was that the doctor, that the doctor hath sent to me. Uh, I mean, I think you went too far back there. I did. I'm scrolling back through <laughs> my text messages with you and Taylor here. Um, and it is. That was today. Well, goddamn, where the hell did it go? <laughs> Should be right about there. Someplace before that, before that. Oh, there it is. So I, yeah. So the, the, the results came back from the monitoring company and they're sent to my doctor and then my doctor reviewed them, sent me a message through our little health portal thing that says, quote, your event monitor shows something called first degree heart block. This is not alarming on its own, but given your recent symptoms, doctor, my doctor's name, feels you should see a cardiologist. And so I, I went on the webs and looked up what first degree heart block is. And it's worse than it sounds. It's not like when, when they say heart block, I'm picturing like clogged arteries or like a blockage yeah. in the just heart. on the way there. Yeah. Yeah. It, but the, the first degree heart block has more to do with the electrical signal, uh, in your heart that yeah. moves the valves and pumps and does those things. And that it's, um, that, that your, signal is more calcium. Yeah. That, that the, the signal, the electrical signal on the heart muscle itself isn't doing well. And apparently it's, a, it's something that people who are, uh, athletes suffer from fairly frequently. Uh, I don't know if it's from overwork or what, but I was, in my youth, very a very very sporty person, uh, did all kinds of stuff, and even even now, I like my heart is in pretty good condition, other than this thing, this this first degree <laughs> heart block thing, which I know isn't isn't great, but it sounds like it it may have something to do with prior physical use of my heart, maybe more than was good. I don't know. I'm still learning about I mean, it. You can be perfectly physically fit and still have heart issues. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm still learning about it and I have not yet seen a cardiologist because our healthcare system is fucking bullshit 
right? So yep. they, the monitoring company has to contact my doctor. My doctor has to contact me to tell me to go and see somebody, and she has to recommend that. So then, so that my insurance company will actually fucking pay for it. So then I have to contact a cardiologist myself to try to set up the appointment and based on her recommendation of which cardiologist to see. So I contact a cardiologist and then because of COVID and just because our healthcare system is shit in general, the first availability for an appointment to even see a cardiologist isn't until the middle of June. So, and, and that was, you know, trying to find any place within the university of Utah's healthcare system where they have a cardiologist available. That was the soonest one throughout the state of Utah for me to be able to get into. Yeah. So I set up that appointment and we'll have to see what the cardiologist says. Um, I asked if I am clear to continue doing the exercising and the stuffs. And she said, yes, just, you know, be careful, do it in moderation. Don't, don't go at it real hard. <laughs> don't, don't send it all the way. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the latest. It, the latest yeah. is, it sounds like it's not perfect, but it's better news than it could have been. And like, I'm still waiting to hear more. And, well, yeah. So, I don't want you to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I don't either. It's just, it's really frustrating that it takes so long to get in to see anybody. And then, you know, when, by well, the time I, mean, I get into actually fucking see somebody, it's, it's a whole other thing. It's just such a pain. It, Imagine if this was a perspective like cancer diagnosis you were waiting to find out about and it would take this amount of time and during that amount of time, shit is growing and getting worse and you're waiting for an appointment to get in and then you get in for that appointment. It's like, ah, oh, shit, it's too far gone now. You should have gotten in two months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's it, like, well, I fucking tried. <laughs> well, and it sounded from everything that I've seen online, it sounds like the the worst case scenario currently for me would be that. I may need a pacemaker to just get things in sync and in rhythm and keep them that way. Um, but like I say, I think that's worst case scenario. I don't know if there's perhaps medication available, you know, whatever else they may do. It's just, it's just that waiting and not knowing and then having to wait so fucking long and, and having it be so expensive. I got the bill back from my emergency room uh, visit. Yeah. And I can't remember what it was like the, the top line price before insurance, but even after insurance, um, I have my, my portion of my emergency bill was $453 for a visit that I would not have gone to or for, but for the fact that the triage nurse said that that was the thing I should do. So I did that and then I get hit with a $450 bill, even though I have like really the Cadillac, insurance. yeah, the Cadillac of medical insurance available through the federal government mm -hmm. that, that between myself and my employer, we pay tens of thousands of fucking dollars per year to maintain this coverage. And then that I still have to pay copays for, and that I still have a giant deductible for, and then that I still get a fucking $450 goddamned bill after visiting the emergency room. So that's fun. Welcome to America. And not at all frustrating. Yeah. Um, this, it just, things, I, mm, 
so many thoughts about how fucked up our healthcare system is. <laughs> I get angry about it a lot. And it's no wonder that people put off, you know, going to see oh, yeah. a doctor because, mm-hmm. you know, and that the they only go when they absolutely bill. have to because they don't want to get hit with a fucking giant bill that they can't pay. Yeah. They're probably more afraid of the bill than they are of the doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go into the doctor and they tell you it's something really bad, well, first, you're not going to want to hear that. And then you're going to get hit with a giant bill for receiving bad news. And then, you know, with that bad news comes the prospect of additional bills and more money that you'll have to outlay, possible bankruptcy. The the number one cause of bankruptcies in the United States is because of healthcare issues. Yeah, that's how fucked up things are here. And then they mm-hmm. just make it more difficult for people to even file bankruptcy. So it's, it's just the Republicans and the GOP and conservative right-wing fucking assholes are doing everything they can to make life as miserable for everybody as possible. They're, Unless you're rich. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the rich get richer and the poor get fucked all the time, oh. every day. Oh, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. This is Natalie Newell of Science Moms and the Parenthetical Science Podcast. You are listening to The Godless Revolution. Republicans have focused on this issue with relentless determination. Here is Jerry Falwell, right after Alito was appointed to the court, taking a victory lap following a ruling that upheld the ban on a specific abortion procedure. That is the culmination for me of about 35 years of work. I don't think we have five votes on Roe v. Wade. I think we're probably one or two votes short. As we talked that last week of his life, Falwell seemed to recognize that his battle to end all abortions would have to be won by the next generation of God's warriors. My children are more likely to see this, uh, this victory won than I am. I think we're 50 years away. We've got to just stay with it, stay with it, stay with it, and never give up. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the little interstitial pieces that I put together. I have no idea what they're going to be at this point in time. That's (laughs) that's something that I decide later on, much later on when I'm doing the editing for the show. Um, I just know it was very funny. <laughs> that were the greatest quotes ever. And that yeah. guest that we happened to have mentioned in there. Oh, oh fantastic. Fuck yeah. Fantastic former guest. We need, need to get to more guests back. on the show. I need yeah. to get on the ball and invite people to come on the show. Um, but we mentioned during the opening that we would be talking about abortion for this episode. So that's what we're going to do for those of you who, for some reason, may not know because you've been in a coma for the past however many days from the leak until you receive and hear this episode. Um, (laughs) There was indeed a document that was leaked out of the Supreme court of the United States. The document that was leaked was basically the majority's uh, opinion and decision in the case that will from all accounts end up striking down both Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Uh, the two primary laws that have uh, upheld a woman's right to decide what she wants to do with her own body as if yeah. she needs to have that codified into law, which is fucking bizarre and backward to me. Um, 
but that document was leaked and has been confirmed as an actual leaked first draft it's, of this decision. It's authentic. Yeah, it was spelling errors and all. Yeah, it was uh, confirmed as authentic by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Mr. John Roberts. He, of course, is very upset about it, as I'm sure the other justices are, and they have announced that they are launching an investigation into finding out who actually leaked the document. There are some competing theories about the motives that this person, that whoever leaked it, uh, may have had, and we can talk about those if time allows at the end of all of this. But that gives you just a little intro into why we're talking about this now, because it is a very hot button issue that everybody is talking about, as I mentioned in the opening. But we wanted to go on the record with our thoughts about it as well. So, yeah. Ryan, thankfully, because I'm so busy, uh, put together a bunch of information that uh, we'll share with y'all. So, what you got for us, Ryan? Well, we're going to start off with the fact that the Supreme Court did not invent legal abortion. What? Much less, yeah, much less abortion itself. Uh, when it handed down its Roe Ro v. Wade decision in 1973, abortion, both legal and illegal, had long been part of life in America. Indeed, the legal status of abortion has passed through several distinct phases in American history, generally permitted at the nation's founding you heard that right. The founding. Abortion kind of like, was available since our nation's founding? Yeah. Like as part of the historicity of this nation. Mm. And it was available for several decades thereafter. The procedures were made illegal under most circumstances in most states beginning in the mid-1800s. Mm. In the 1960s, states began reforming their strict anti-abortion laws so that when the Supreme Court made abortion legal nationwide... Legal abortions were available in 17 states under a range of circumstances beyond those necessary to save a woman's life. So basically when, when the democratic experiment that is America started, abortion yes. was permitted because it wasn't, it wasn't strictly it wasn't, outlawed. Yeah, it wasn't outlawed. It wasn't illegal. You were allowed to have an abortion. Okay. And so then somebody got a wild hair up their butt and decided, hey, you know what? These ladies are getting too many freedoms. We need to restrict yep. that. We can't let them do what they want with their own bodies. We need to tell them what they should do with their own bodies. And well, I didn't go research it. I should have. I was going to. I thought about it, <laughs> uh, but I don't want to make this too long. Uh, find out what the religious mindset was around this time in the mid 1800s that might have swayed this decision possibly. Hmm. Because I was going to see if there was any correlation between like, oh, look, there's this religious reformation going on in 1830. And look what's happening around this time. Like some kind Abortion of inciting, being, yeah, some kind of inciting incident that led to them saying, oh, well, well, clearly we can't have this happen anymore. We need to write laws about it. Yeah. And then again, in the 1800s, it could have been due to deaths because uh, antiseptics or, or antibiotics uh, weren't the thing. Yeah. Hmm. But... In 1965, uh, abortion was so unsafe that 17% of all deaths due to pregnancy and childbirth were the results of illegal abortions. 17% of all deaths due to pregnancy and childbirth were from illegal abort. Wow. Abortions. So basically, if a, if a woman became, if a woman became pregnant 
and there was a death either to her or the fetus or both, 17% of, of all of the deaths related to it were the result of illegal abortion. In other words, mm-hmm. that had abortion been legal, legal, they may not, they may not have, have died. died. Oh. Now, mind you, that's what was reported because at this time, this was an illegal practice. All right. So, so it's probably hugely underreported. Yeah. So it's probably underreported. So not all abortions at that time when it was still illegal in most of these states were not reported. Mm. That's 17% is coming from the numbers that were confirmed to be an illegal abortion being performed. Oh, wow. Today, less than 0.3% of women undergoing legal abortions at all gestational ages sustain serious complications requiring hospitalization. That's not death. That's just being hospitalized because you had a complication where before you're pretty much going to fucking die. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, that's saying that less than 0.3% of all pregnancies or, or all, mm-hmm. all legal abortions. All women who have gone legal abortions at any gestational period. Okay. And, and that then only, so of the total number of legal abortions that are carried out less than 0.3% end with some kind of hospitalization for yeah. the woman. Okay. Some kind of serious comp- complication. Okay. Among women undergoing legal first-term abortion procedures, the percentage sustaining serious complications drops to 0.05%. So we go from three-tenths of 1% to five one-hundredths of 1%. So, which those numbers matter because we're going to get to that in a second. Yeah. The risk of death associated with an abortion increases with the length of pregnancy Mm -hmm. from one death for every 1 million uh, vacuum aspiration abortions at eight or fewer weeks to 8.9 deaths after 20 weeks of gestation. Mm -hmm. And, And generally speaking, anybody who has an abortion after 20 weeks, it's because... There's been some, there's been some dire, yeah, there's been some dire revelation. Either the fetus is non-viable or the, it's put the mother's life at risk. There's, there's some giant reason that it's happening, that it's happening 20 weeks or later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are numbers you want to keep in mind as we go through this. Okay. In 2007, the maternal uh, mortality rate in Utah, uh, not Utah, (laughs) in the U.S., uh, was 12.7 deaths per 100,000 live births. A significant difference in uh, maternal mortality rates uh, between ending a pregnancy by abortion and carrying it to term. The risk of death from medication... from medication abortions through 19 through 63 days gestation is about one in 100,000 procedures. In comparison, the risk of death from a miscarriage is also about one in 100,000. And the risk of death associated with childbirth is about 14 times higher as the association as that associated with abortion. So basically you're forced to take a non-viable fetus to term and deliver it that you could have had aborted, you are 14 times higher risk of having complications and death. Yeah, you're, mo- you're 14 times more likely to die because you're being forced to carry this to term. Yeah. So this isn't, this isn't you know, when, when people 
you know, bitch and moan that this is a pro-life issue. Well, they're not concerned at all about the life of the mother because no. they're putting her under an increased risk. In fact, 14 times the, the, How- the risk than if she were to have an abort, uh, than if she were yeah. to have an abortion. Yeah. Which that, that number right there is kind of like, well, you obviously don't care about the woman having that's going through this right now. And as we said before, most people that are at 20 weeks or hitting their second trimester already know they're pregnant mm-hmm. and have usually at that point made the decision whether they want to keep or have an abortion. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to them having to have an abortion at that period, it's because something dramatic has happened to the fetus where it's not viable. Mm-hmm. They are not going to have a live birth or there is a catastrophic, you know, defect. It could, Hey, it's not developing a cranium. Your baby's going to be born with this brain outside of its head or its heart outside of its chest, or it's not developing bones, mm-hmm. which happens. Our bodies are weird. Oh yeah. Yeah. All kinds of weird shit happens during pregnancies. Yeah. But although legal abortions were largely unavailable until the year just before Roe, some women were able to obtain the necessary approval for an abortion under the requirements of their state's laws. In most states, until just before 1973, this meant demonstrating that a woman's life would be endangered if she carried her pregnancy a term. So, in some states, so yeah. It, so before it was that you know, well, I'm sorry that Uncle Touchy got a little too close to you, touched you a little too much, but you know, unless you're gonna die, you're gonna have to have this baby. You need, they, you were, need, they were pretty much it went it, it depended from state to state what they would allow okay because in, in some states especially between 1967 and 1973 a woman also had to receive approval for an abortion if it were deemed necessary to protect the, her physical and mental health or if it was uh the pregnancy had been a result of rape or incest even so the process to obtain the approval for a legal abortion could be uh, arduous. In some states, it involves securing the approval of a standing hospital committee established specifically to review abortion requests. And of course, that's not by any objective standard, any objective measurable standard. It's how do you, as a as a as a board or, or body of people, feel about this thing? What what are yeah. your personal thoughts yeah. about this? Let's let's also remember that. The sooner you're able to get an abortion, the less risk you have. Right. The longer you have to wait, the more risk you're putting the mother at. Right. So either as a matter of state law or hospital policy, these committees frequently require that additional uh, physician exam the woman to corroborate her physician's findings that an abortion was necessary to protect her life or physical health. Likewise, a licensed psychiatrist might be required to second the judgment of a woman's doctor that an abortion was necessary on mental health grounds, or a law enforcement officer might be required to certify that the woman had reported being sexually assaulted. So you kind of had to do a lot of shit, which makes you wait longer into the process to get an abortion, which puts you at more risk because you've had to wait so long, jump through all these loopholes just to get one. So what you're saying is that our healthcare system has always been fucky. <laughs> well, especially for women in this case. Right. Yeah. But beginning in 1974 states, Alaska, Hawaii, New York, and Washington all repealed their anti-abortion uh, statuses. 
and generally allowed licensed physicians to perform abortions on request before uh, fetal viability, which is also a weird a weird place when you determine that. Yeah, a weird distinction, and, and how do you draw that line? And then, I mean, just just the notion of, so the way I understand it is that when Roe was decided, there were basically three stages during pregnancy, and, and uh, uh, the rights that a woman had well, still has currently, but will soon be gone, yeah. varied depending on which trimester of her pregnancy she was in, right? So like the, during the first, first and second trimester were pretty much, you were good. A third trimester was difficult. Well, and that in the first trimester, there could be no restrictions. Like it, yeah. during the first trimester, if a woman wanted to have an abortion, it didn't matter. There could be no restrictions. During the second trimester, it was... Uh, there, there is some limitation. States could put some limitations on it as yes. far as access to abortion, and that in the third trimester there were there the, the they would allow strict, uh, strict observance of whatever laws or restrictions which, were put in place. Which in the third trimester, that's where I think the viability term really comes into play. Yeah, because you can go like, oh, you're in your third trimester. Hey, this child's dead. Mm. So either you can deliver a dead baby here in a few weeks, or we can just take it out of you, mm -hmm. whichever you want, but you're at a higher risk, 14 times higher risk. If you take this to term right. versus us just, you know, removing it right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So Alaska, Hawaii, New York, and Washington, all you can get abortions there, right? Yay. Well, not, not yay yet. Oh. We're not, we're not a, no, this, this, this really isn't a yay. <laughs> Alaska, Hawaii, and, and Washington require a woman seeking an abortion to be a resident of the state for at least 30 days prior to the procedure. New York did not have this residency requirement, uh, which put that as the best option for the more affluent people in America. Oh, yeah, because the, the rich and wealthy will never not be able to get an abortion. They will, yeah. if they can't get it in their city, they'll go to a different, to a different city. If they can't get it in a different city, they'll go to a different County. If they can't go to a different County, they'll go to a different state. If they can't get it in a different state because it's been outlawed across the nation, they'll go to another fucking country because they can afford to travel and get that done. It's yeah, the poor but... people who have to suffer the consequences of this, of course. And as always, but since, People know this, that you can travel from state to state. There are some states that are trying to enact laws or trying to create laws that will basically say, oh, you're from Alabama? Well, if you go to New York and get an abortion, you are still going to be punished underneath Alabama's laws. Yeah, that even if you travel Making outside the state to go and get this abortion done, we'll still legal. criminally prosecute you under Alabama state laws. Yes, basically making it illegal for you to travel outside the state you're in to another state where it is legal to acquire that medical care, which, which is fucked. Yeah. Which, which is totally fucked and would seem to violate other constitutional protections. But here's my question on that. How do they know they were pregnant when they left the state? Yeah. I mean, well, and that, that, that's or they just see, or they somehow find out that hey, let's check medical records of people getting abortions in New York and see how many people were from out of state and track them the fuck down. Well, and can you imagine? Creating, all, and can you imagine all the different and various court cases that will stem from this, where you know Alabama sues another state to 
you know, demanding that they turn over that state's medical records from period A to B for, you know, all women who've, who visited this particular clinic or any clinic throughout the state because we want to go through your records and determine whether or not any of our residents went to your state to fuck around and get an abortion yeah. so that we can prosecute them. I mean, this is, this is just going to give rise to so many other new oh. and wild court cases that are going to be dragged out forever. Like We're going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In a way. Okay. This is Lucian Greaves with the Satanic Temple, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. Even the truly magnificent sight of Jerry Falwell in a coffin somehow still doesn't make that go down any easier. Because Falwell was actually pessimistic in his prediction there. They achieved that victory 35 years ahead of his 50-year schedule. And that's actually not the only thing that he was wrong about in that interview, because he also said that he'd been praying for another 20 years of life, despite only having about one week of it left. So I guess at the very least, <laughs> we now know that God didn't want to listen to any more of Jerry Falwell's bullshit either. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! The year before the Supreme Court's decision in Roe versus Wade, just over 100,000 women left their own state to attain a legal abortion in New York City. This is just the year before. Wow. An estimated 50,000 women traveled more than 500 miles to obtain legal abortion in New York. Uh, nearly 7,000 women traveled more than 1,000 miles. Wow. And some 250 traveled more than 2,000 miles from places as far away as Arizona, Idaho, Nevada to obtain a legal abortion in New York City. Wow. Yeah, legal, legal yeah. in the state of New York, but not in their own state. Not in their own state. Which Not in their own state out. that also exists in their own country. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone's seen the map already of states that have already put uh, laws in place just waiting for Roe v. Wade to be taken away. Mm -hmm. So that once it's taken away, it's already illegal in that state to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've. there are more than two dozen states that have enacted laws uh, that will be triggered if and when... Now it's looking like it will just be when will uh, yeah. uh, when Roe is struck down that those laws will automatically go into effect and make it illegal for a woman to have an abortion in that state. Like they've been preparing for this for a really long fucking time to the point yeah. of drafting, creating, approving, voting on, and passing legislation at a state level just in the hope of being able to restrict a woman's right to do what she wants with her own body. Yeah. They've been fighting this for 50 years. <laughs> now let's consider the right to marry. It wasn't until 1967 in Lovings versus Virginia and 2015 in Ogofell versus uh, Hodges that the protected a constitutional right to marry striking down laws prohibiting interracial marriage in the first one and same sex marriages in the second one. Mm-hmm. But this right cannot be found in the text, the original meaning, or the tradition. And those of are our important. Constitution. Yeah, and those are important phrases to keep in mind as we talk about this a bit more. Yeah. Likewise, the court has protected the right to the right to procreate. 
the right to uh, custody of one's child, the right to keep the family together, the right of parents to control the upbringing of their child, uh, the right of competent adults to refuse medical care, the right of consenting adults to engage in same-sex sexual activities under the liberty of the due process clause, the right to... But those uh, rights also... Wait. Cannot yeah, be just in the Constitution. Yeah. yeah. Which, if what Alito is saying in this draft, these would also be illegal. Yeah. Be- and that is because why? Because, so these are loosely held to the 14th Amendment underneath the Due Process Clause. So there is nothing in the Constitution that says you can have a, an abortion. So therefore, it's not constitutional, is what they're saying. There's also nothing in the Constitution that says you can get married. There's nothing in the Constitution saying you can marry someone of the other race. There is nothing, our constitution does not implicitly speak on any of these things because when the constitution was written, they said, no, this is just a right you have, isn't it? Like, do we really have to fucking write this down? Like, this is implied that you are allowed to have control over your body, your family, all these other things, and it's not implicitly written into the constitution. Yeah, well, and that's all That's all important important in light of the wording in the leaked document for Alito's decision that says specifically that, you know, they, because these conservatives are ruling from a point of view of uh, constitutional not, originality or, or you know, yeah. it, that it has to be in the constitution, in the enshrined in the constitution originally in order for you to have, certain inalienable rights and yeah. if that it they also and said that there's if no history of it in america which is fucking bullshit too. yeah well and that if it's not specifically outlined as being a right for you to have in the constitution then you don't really have it <laughs> which yeah. they won't go with the whole it's implied that you have that right yeah and of course this is also in defiance and and out of alignment with the things that they said while the, the things that these justices who ruled to strike down Roe said during their confirmation hearings and in meetings with legislators prior to their confirmation hearings, where Gorsuch... He said it's, it's enshrined in our Constitution already. It is defined law. It's been tried and tested and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, where you know Gorsuch, Alito, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, they all said... That oh no you know Roe is enshrined precedent that's 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 something that we can't change right now that's 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 a legal precedent that you know that's that's the law of the land, which is why they have to go back and say the original precedent was fucked up. And Susan Collins is very disappointed that they would have I, been so misleading in their interviews with her personally. I don't know if I trust the man selling that snake oil anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. I did also grab a couple lines from it. Um, this first one is from the very end of the document. Mm. Uh, I'll read the whole thing, but it's the first line that really fucking gets me. And it says, we end this opinion where we began. Abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit a citizen of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey uh, arrogated the authority 
We now overrule those decisions and return the authority of the people and their elected representatives. The judgment of the Fifth Circuit is reversed and the case is remanded to the further proceedings consistent with our opinion. The so, court doesn't fucking rule on morality. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you shouldn't legislate morality. That, there, there's no reason to legislate morality. That is between a person and their own sense of moral rightness like you can't that's that's there should be no morality laws period because morality is subjective right yeah people well and i, I mean that could be a whole different argument whether morality <laughs> is is objective or subjective and i think it could be argued either way but as far as legal definitions and concerns it is a subjective thing because i mean yeah. that's 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 clear because it was legal then it wasn't legal and then it was made legal through legal precedent and court decisions by the Supreme Court in Roe and in Casey and now it is about to be illegal again showing that morality is fluid and changes and is subjective according to whoever is making these decisions oh yeah and let's let's not forget that in the case of a uh, loving verse Virginia they had to do that on a national level because of Jim Crow motherfuckers who were saying it was illegal for people of different races to marry. Yeah. Because they had state laws banning it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the way that this decision has been worded calls into question all, all kinds of other legal rights because it's specifically, I mean, Roe was decided in large part on privacy issues that it's that mm -hmm. a woman's health is a private concern of hers related to her and her doctor and anybody else that she may choose to include, but that it's a private decision for her that yeah. is beyond the, the bounds be involved. Yeah. That is beyond the bounds of legal or judicial review by some other party who has no, or should have no say in this woman's life. Yeah. And doing away with that protection of a patient's privacy, man, that's some scary fucking shit. That's scary for yeah. everybody who has been able to up till now believe that the things that they tell their doctor in confidence will remain confidential. That's why yeah. we have HIPAA laws that protect mm -hmm. a patient's privacy. That's why we have all kinds of other laws that say that the things you communicate with your doctor are between you and your doctor. They're not up for review by anybody else. No. And but, now this ruling calls all of that into question. And I, I think they're, they're, they're going to call on, on this part right here. Cause there is, there is a long standing of Roe has with, with tested all of its, you know, wars to this point. Mm -hmm. But they say Roe's abuse of, ju of judicial authority. Mm. Roe was erroneously wrong from the start. Its reasoning, its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damning consequences. And far from uh, bringing about a national settlement on the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. <laughs> it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. The permissibility of abortion and the limitations upon it are to be resolved like most important questions in our democracy by citizens trying to persuade one another and then voting. 
I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Yeah. This is all a lot of fucky and I am, I'm deeply concerned about and, and worry for all of the women in the audience, all of, all of the, all of, all of ever, basically everybody. I mean, this, this law is going to touch everybody in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I grieve for the loss of those freedoms and hope that we will find a way to restore them very, very quickly once they are removed. And I will be doing my damnedest to make sure that happens and encourage you all to do that, whether it's demonstrating, whether it's writing to your legislators and representatives, if it's donating to organizations who are taking on this fight and working to maintain your rights, do something, get involved, vote, donate to people, campaign, knock on doors, make phone calls, do whatever you can to make sure that your rights are not stripped away from you. I have also seen other like large American corporations, some of which I do not always agree with their, their stuff saying that they would pay for an employee to go out of state to get an abortion if they so required it. Mm -hmm. And that, that will happen more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Because the state they're in. And so when they say, you know, talk about it amongst your friends voting, it's, it's engulfed uh, inflamed debate and deep division. Like this is going to make more division and more debate. Yeah. And let's already face it. Uh, According to NPR, when I was listening to this morning, I can't remember the exact number. It was in the 60% range of Americans agree that abortion should be illegal. Mm-hmm. So the voting populace, the consensus nationally is in the majority that this should be legal. It's the, the overwhelming majority that's having the problem. Yeah. The overwhelming majority the, says that abortion should remain safe and legal. Yeah. And should anything that I don't agree with that I never plan on doing myself be made illegal? Nope. So the only people that are arguing that abortion should be illegal are people that would probably never get one in the fucking first place. <laughs> yeah. 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 We have run out of time. We're, we're a little bit over time. Um, so we're going to move the remainder of this, of this discussion uh, into a Patreon portion of the show. Uh, I'm sure that I'll be more angry. Maybe I'll share a personal story about uh, an abortion that affected me personally that I was involved with. Uh, I posted about it on social media earlier today, actually not too long before we started recording. Yeah. I was actually reading it not too long before I came down here. And (laughs) we'll, we'll talk more about that and other issues around this court case during the Patreon portion of the show. If you are not currently a Patreon supporter but would like to become one, you can do so easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode, and then you get fun stuff. You get extended episodes, you get uh, bonus outtakes, bonus episodes every now and then, uh, longer episodes where we have a separate Patreon portion, uh, all kinds of fun stuff like that. Uh, before we go, I want to make sure that we thank people who are already Patreon supporters because they keep the show going. And I love you guys a lot. I appreciate it ever so much. <laughs> that would be two skeptical chaps. A noble spirit and begins the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. Alan Firth. All hail Peanut Butra. Doug Willoughby. Hunter Grin. Is it just me or are these patrons amazing? Yeah, they kind of are. 
Hey, like you, John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Stephen Andrews. Theodore Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Freethinker215. Good news, everyone. Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan. Mackenzie Peterson. Marvin Draken. Matthew Sanders. Megan Mitchell. Not a fucking gymnast. <laughs> the next Patreon is an updog. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Zeus 9SO. Oh, that was cool. You, your, your voice kind of cut out a little bit, and but it made it sound like it was auto-tuned a little bit. Oh. That was, was kind of cool. <laughs> like a robot. <laughs> Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Savita Kuna. Socialized Healthcare Saved My Life. Yeah. Tim Jacobson. James. Rick and Morty want you to please support the Freedom from Religion Foundation. <laughs> I did that all weird. <laughs> that was good. And now <laughs> I feel like I need to find a good auto-tuning program so that I can put together a Ryan Sings Something <laughs> auto-tune. Because that was, that well, was kind of fun. I've myself singing a few times. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you sing anything, so that would be, that would be fun for me. I don't sing good. <laughs> That's what our tune is for, as far as True. a lot of people seem to uh, seem to believe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now thank- I just want your workload to stay steady. <laughs> oh, I, I'll find some time somewhere. <laughs> it may take me a while, but I'll I'll find it. <laughs> thank you all very much for being for being patrons. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Stay safe out there. I hope you're all doing well. I am going to join Ryan in the Patreon portion of the show. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make another drink. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye. Zeus 9SO. Okay. Wrote a song about it. Want to hear it? Here you go. <laughs> Uh-oh. You got auto-tune on that thing now? You probably sing better than a certain lawyer that's been disbarred. Uh, would that be Rudy or there's just yeah yeah else? I was going with Rudy because of the mass singer thing. Mm. I just can't even imagine Rudy singing anything. It's crazy. Oh, all the people singing. Oh, <laughs> all right, here we go. For real. <laughs> I just wonder what QAnon thought about it. <laughs>